My guest on this week's episode of Southern Search is Darren Shaw, CEO and founder of WhiteSpark. Darren is a man who needs no introduction. He is an in-demand commerce presenter, a tireless educator, and one of the most important voices in local SEO. Darren is also a must-follow on social media where his short videos are fun and chock full of actionable information. Darren is the organizer of the Local Search Ranking Factors Study. The Local Search Ranking Factors Study is a study based on interviews with the top local SEOs in the world about how local search is changing each year. The release of the Local Search Ranking Factors every year ushers in a ton of interest from anyone working in local SEO. I'm going to ask Darren about the study and get his own impressions of where local SEO is headed. Grab something cold to drink and join me for a conversation with Darren Shaw. We'll chat about how he organizes a local search ranking factor survey. I'll spend a little time chatting about how local SEOs are using AI, and he'll hand out some killer tips to get more positive reviews. Darren, welcome to Southern Search. How are you doing? Hey, doing great. Mark, thanks for having me back. All right. Well, before we get into the SEO and the local search ranking factors and all of this stuff, I have to ask you about that Stein that you have there. If we get, oh, yeah. get one more look at this beauty... You are a man who really understands this show and what we're after here. What, where did you get this work of art? When I, when I turned forty, we had uh, we had an Oktoberfest party at, at, at like a local hall. We had a band and everybody dressed in their Lederhosen, and we had bratwurst and lots of beer, and it was a really fun time. And so this was a gift I got for my fortieth birthday for my Oktoberfest party. I love it. I, I, I mentioned in like the calendar that people get, but I don't know if the audience knows this show is really about in a neighborhood where search life started. And it used to be like, the only thing there are agencies and pubs. That's about it. And like breweries. Right. And it is like, it's the German part of Chicago. That's historical. Mm-hmm. Well. So it's all, you know, German beer halls and stuff like that. So this is uh this is really driving the point home. I appreciate it, Darren. Right. On a, well, listen, I, I was talking to Crystal Tang about the, the the few days after local search ranking factors come out. Like, it was like a feeding frenzy for local SEOs. Like yeah. within, in my own company, there are like debates and discussions on our company Slack. And I wonder what the, the next 48 hours after you hit post on that thing are like for Darren Shaw. What does what, what your life become like for the next week or, or two? Yeah, I mostly just climb into bed for a full 48 hours and just sleep because I'm so overworked from trying to get that thing up no not actually i uh i'm just busy talking to people on the twitter and the linkedin and sharing stuff and so it's yeah it's just mostly chatting like trying to stay on top of the social media buzz that's happening and and sharing some things about it i actually can't remember i don't remember like what did i do the last last time i published but it's a busy time where everybody is like very interested in it and asking questions about it and, and sharing it. So I'm responding to people on social. That's, that's the gist of it. Uh, well, well this is, you know, this is a, like you said, it's a huge undertaking and there's a bunch of like busy people and deadlines and research involves. So I, I'm curious about your, your methodology for getting the responses. And, uh, as I understand it, like there's a change this year to how respondents answered questions. This isn't, uh, there, there's a change and it's also important. I think for people who don't, who are familiar with the local search ranking factors, these are, this is nothing from Google. This is all just, the industry experts who express their opinions. How, what is your methodology for, for coming up with the data and compiling it? Yeah, well, I was fortunate to have it handed to me on a silver platter by David Mim in 2017. So he had already sort of set it all up. He had a spreadsheet format at the time. So he would 
send out the survey via spreadsheet, and then we would have to fill out the spreadsheet with multiple tabs in it. And so then after I took it over, I think I did one edition where I did the spreadsheet where I just basically used David's, tweaked it a little bit. And then I built my whole new like website. I built my own like survey system where people used to have to like log in and they would have their account and, and they would have to drag factors over. And, uh, and this year I ditched that for SurveyMonkey just to keep it simpler. And so it was actually pretty good to go with SurveyMonkey. Uh, it's met most of my needs. Uh, I don't have to maintain my own software survey system. And uh, it was pretty good. So then it's just chasing people, trying to get them to get it in on the deadline and then chasing the few people that didn't, uh, didn't get their answers in. Um, one of the big changes this year is in the format was last year and previous years, it was you picked your top 20 factors. So there's 149 factors and each participant would pick their top 20. And then they would sort them in order of like priority, like, oh yeah, definitely primary categories, number one, that has the biggest impact on rankings. And then, you know, once you get into the twenties or into the, the late teens, you know, you got some other factors. So this, this whole operation of sorting factors always felt a little bit like, yes, I can definitely say what number one is. And that's probably number two, number three, but you get into like 10 plus and you're like, I don't know if that's more important than this one. So the whole sorting thing became a bit weird. And so this year is a little bit more time consuming, but every participant had to score the factor on a scale of zero to five in terms of ranking impact, local organic ranking impact and conversion impact. And so that way you don't have to say this is more important than that. You can actually have many factors that are equal. So this is, this has a ranking impact of three. This thing also has a ranking impact of three. And so the results, I was expecting a much bigger change in the results, but surprisingly it turned out relatively similar to what we see every year. Yeah. And I, I wanted to point out a few things that were different. One of them, you know, the whole digital marketing world is fascinated by ChatGPT and these emerging AI technologies to the point where I feel like I'm contractually obligated to mention them on every sense and search. So I appreciate you. Yes, you are. Helping me hit my quota. Um, but there's a whole new section on the local search ranking factors to talk to local SEOs about how they're using AI. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. So I asked that question cause it was coming up and this was actually pre Bard and pre Bing, uh, actually delivering results via AI. It was more like chat GPT was a thing. People were aware of it. And so I asked the question, you know, tell us how you are using AI and, 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 and what are you, how are you integrating that into your agency and into your local SEO work? And so this was not a scoring of factors. This was just tell me. And then I took everything that people said, and then I, I scored it myself. It was like, oh yeah, okay. mm-hmm. so 18 people said they were using it for content idea inspiration, using it to like generate content ideas. Six people said they were using it for keyword research and topic classification clustering keywords that you're using in their keyword research process. And so this is a really interesting uh, new data point in the survey because you can see how the best people, the best minds in local search are using AI in their practice. And so I would say that the stuff at the very top of the list is pretty straightforward. It's what you'd expect. They use it to start a piece of content, then they edit the content and they inject their own stuff. Like everybody's doing that. That's no, that's no, that's no news. 
not very exciting. The stuff that's exciting is the stuff at the bottom of this list where like people are saying they're using to deduplicate similar content. Yes. That's smart. Yeah. They're using it to ins uh, to do predictive analysis. I don't even know what that means, actually. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how they're doing it. Uh, they can use it to generate HTML and CSS source code for web pages. They can use it to uh, exploring using it to streamline agency operations. So there's some really interesting stuff kind of at the bottom of the list that only one or two people that had mentioned. I love using it to write regex for uh, exactly. Google Analytics. That's how long smart use. Yeah. I love Yeah, I, I love those little, I, I think you said it really, really well. It's There's some things that are like, everybody's using AI for these things, but the cool stuff was uh, in those little details. I, I had flagged uh, writing regex expressions, which I hate doing, so it's really easy to use. It's the worst. <laughs> no, I'm not a programmer. I used to be, yeah. not anymore. Yeah, yeah like, I'm, like I'm done with Excel formulas and regex expressions and all those things. So, all right, let, let's say another thing I want to comment you on. The visuals that show, not just... You've done this, I think, for two of them now, where you don't have just, this is a comparison of this year's ranking factors versus last year's ranking factors. It's like five years. Yeah. Uh, uh, so you can kind of see this trend analysis of how things are going. So like, uh, look at like link signals, the weight of link signals are gradually going like this. Not steep, but it's gradually going down and to the right. Um, I just, generally speaking, what are some of the trends that have been occurring over the last few years now that that you you pinpointed in the analysis yeah so uh this being able to look at the growth over time has been super valuable so i started doing this in 2015 so now i have five i know it's 2023 so i should have eight but i have five because <laughs> sometimes i'm a little bit late uh on getting this thing out um but basically from 2015 to 2023 we have five data points where we can see that if you go back to 2020 2015 the google business profile in uh you know signals related to your google business profile were only accounting for about 16 percent of the algorithm according to what people thought that's what their the, the sentiment was at the time and then we saw that grow over the next four editions to like 25 32 36 it really started really growing as yeah, the signals on your Google business profile are becoming more and more important than, than let's say your website, your links, your citations, your reviews. And so now we saw the trend drop down a little bit this year. And I actually think that's a bit of a correction. And I think it's an accurate correction. Like in 2021, 36 was too high. It's dropped back down to about 32% of the overall algorithm. Just like imagine a pie chart. It's like, okay, signals on your Google profile, 32%. Signals on your website, 18% signals on, uh, I actually have the pie chart, signals on reviews, 16%, links, 11%. So you can see basically, you know, how much the local search experts think Google is attributing to each sort of area of local search. And so it's great to see those trends over time. And the, and the obvious trends are Google rising over the last five years, links declining, not too steeply, but you know, link importance dropping on-page signals increasing you it's almost the inverse of links it's like content more important links less important over the past five years and citations have have been on a relative they, they dropped from 2015 2018 and then they stayed totally stable from 2020 21 2023 but those are the those are the main sort of you know adjustments that have happened over the past uh five editions awesome and i, I kind of ask you about local seo myths because 
Oh, yeah. People not in local SEO, it may seem odd to have a section dedicated to myths about local SEO, but on behalf of people who work in this industry, I think this is an excellent thing to include. Why did you begin including local SEO myths in the study for, for those who are in this industry every day? I mostly did it because of all them damn people on TikTok and YouTube that are shilling incorrect SEO advice. So uh, there's a lot of them out there. Uh, geotagging images is everyone's favorite to 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 complain about, but there are a lot of people that still think that geotagging your photos is going to have a huge impact on rankings. But this group, this group of forty some local search experts, they know that it doesn't. It's tested. Mm -hmm. They've read all the studies. They They've never seen evidence that it has any positive impact on ranking. So it's one of these things that the the gurus on YouTube, Fiverr, and, and TikTok think, ah, oh, this is going to really impress my audience. And so they love to talk about the hidden geotagging within the photos as a, as a super tactic. But it really has no impact. So I wanted to highlight this in a, in a respected industry resource where we could now look to that and be like, okay, can you stop telling people that this is a ranking factor? The the very best in local SEO are telling you it's not. And so I, I love this section. I think it's really important. It's a great place to try and bust these myths. And you know, SEO, it's all guesswork for the most part, um, but it's guesswork based off of um, testing. We test things. We tried to do something. We, we, we tried to geotag our photos and upload them to our Google business profile see if it had any impact on ranking and test after test after test shows that it doesn't. So it's not just guessing. It's also based off of evidence. And so the people on YouTube are completely guessing, <laughs> but, <laughs> but when you have some evidence, then you can start speaking to these things somewhat authoritatively. And so the myth section is meant to show you, these are the things you don't have to waste your time on, regardless if you heard it somewhere else, it's actually not a thing. So it's very valuable to know, okay, these are the things that are going to have the most impact on your ranking. So focus on those. And, and while you're at it, make sure you just don't waste a minute on these things because they, they have no impact. So I don't know. Do you want to talk about what some of the other myths are? Well, that, that, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I was almost going to try and figure out how to put geotagging photos into the question, but I didn't want you to have like a high blood pressure day. And get, get upset yeah. Somebody. If you I, mention I, myths, I'm always going to talk about it anyway. So. Yeah. I love, well, well, this, I, I gotta get, couple more questions in here like the other thing that you broke out that i really liked was it used to be negative ranking factors that would be what, what you would have now you have negative ranking factors and suspension risks yep. so this is also something i think even somebody who's in seo but not in local seo would like they maybe wouldn't appreciate that the it's valuable to differentiate those things what, what the, the, for the layman what's the difference between a suspension risk and a negative ranking factor yeah, so I got to give a shout out to uh, Yan Gilbert on the Sterling Skies team. He's the one that suggested that. That's one of the questions I have is like, you know, any ideas for how we can make the survey better next year? And so he suggested this because we had this list of 40 some negative ranking factors, things that could harm your rankings. But some of them are slightly different. They're not actually a negative ranking factor. Um, they are a suspension risk. And I was like, ah, so smart. So yes, I decided to separate them out and ask them in two separate groups. So like, what is the likelihood that this will hurt your rankings? And what is the likelihood that this will get your listing suspended? And so the, the factors can exist in both categories. So like having an address at a PO box or 
uh, virtual office, that can harm your rankings because you're likely to get suspended. So it's actually, it's kind of both. But some things are only a, a suspension risk, but not really, uh, not really going to hurt your rankings. So it's very interesting to see this uh, breakout of different, different things. Yeah. I applaud it and thank you, Jan, for the suggestion. I love that. Yeah, last, last question I've got on local search ranking factors. I also like, I like to do this. I like to see what doesn't change from year to year. So oh, yeah. to me, this, uh, the, one of the things I, I saw was a conversion factor. So this is like number one and number two conversion factor in the study are about review sentiment. Like basically how, how, how much people like your business. I, I think, I was in local SEO, we talk about reviews and review generation, and I will look at studies like this and I wonder if it's possible we're still underestimating how important good reviews are. What, what are your, what's your take? So this is a very interesting one because Sterling Sky has published some research where they have shown that you do get a review, you get a ranking boost when you hit 10 reviews, and then if you go from 10 to 30, to 40, to 50, to 60, the additional reviews have no additional impact on your rankings. And so this has been theorized for a bit. We've heard people from Google kind of hint at it. Uh, we've heard Mike Blumenthal talk about this, like 10 reviews is the magic number. And once you hit that, you get your ranking boost, but then there's no additional ranking benefit. There's also theorized that you're going to get another boost at 100. Now, you're talking about conversion factors in relation to reviews. And so this is where I actually think you're right. It's like, it's so important. Going from 10 reviews to 50 reviews could have a massive impact on your business because of the conversion impact of it. It's like when you are scanning the results, you're looking for a local plumber, you're looking for a local lawyer, you humans are drawn to those reviews as the signal of like, which one is probably the best. And it's like, it's their only real visual to like drill into, to spend the time to look at your profile in particular. And so that's why it's such an important conversion signal. So you get someone to actually look at your profile, potentially click through to your website, learn more about you, pick up the phone and call you. And so it really reviews, regardless of that research and regardless of the maybe no additional ranking benefit after 10, Absolutely. It's a massive signal that can have a really big impact on your business. And I actually think there may be a secondary ranking uh, impact of more reviews because when you do get the clicks, when you do get the dwell time on your listing, that fires behavioral signals. Google sees that people are spending time on your profile. They're clicking around. They're learning about you. When Google sees that someone's clicking, clicking on a profile over and over and they're ignoring the other ones, then they do tend to lift that one up. And I actually did some research on that in 2014. And so we know that Google's using behavioral signals. They'd be dumb not to. And so I think that the reviews do have a secondary ranking benefit outside of the the initial 10 ranking uh, 10 reviews ranking boost. I, I That was an amazing answer. Um I'd be remiss though, if I didn't mention that WhiteSpark has a tool to help with this. So you have a re reputation builder tool. How does it work and, and how do people use it? This is interesting timing because I'm just scripting my video on this right now. Uh, I'm going to make a video about my very favorite review strategy. And guess what it is? It is not my software. <laughs> my favorite review strategy is a manual strategy. I'll tell you right now, because I'm like, I'm like ready to to record my video or I hold my card up. So what do we do for our clients from the vast majority of our clients is we, our strategy is this, you ask in person, Hey, how or would you, you know, would you be willing to leave us a review? 
customer says, yeah, of course, I had a great experience, whatever. You say, awesome. I'm going to make it so easy for you. I have this little card here, and all you have to do is point your phone at the QR code on here, your phone camera, and it'll take you right. You just tap the link. It'll take you right to leave us a review on Google. Now, the customer has verbally agreed to leave you a review that you've got that like eye contact. Yeah, I'm going to do it. And not only that, you've given them a physical thing to take with them that makes it so easy. This is the review strategy that will 10 times your review acquisition. Way better than an automated email from some system. Now, there's a place for the system. Uh, That is if you are in a high volume business that you don't have that sort of personalized interaction with each customer. Customer, you're like, you know, a restaurant, a coffee shop, a retail location. That's where you, uh, an automated system that collects their, their cell number for either sending a review request via text, which is better than email, or sends emails at volume, does a really great job of generating reviews. Plus, you get all the benefits of the software, like monitoring, responding to reviews in one place, one centralized place for all your reviews to come in. You, you have that like widgets where you can embed the reviews on your website and you can share your reviews to social media. So the software gives you lots of benefits, but this card for most businesses, this is what we do. And this is what we do for our clients. We love it so much that we, uh, when we take on a new client, we create the cards, we design them, we get them printed and shipped to them. They get, they get like a box of 200 cards. It's like so fundamental and so critical for all of our clients. And this strategy works so well that we really, uh, we care about those reviews. And so that's why we use that strategy. Wow. It's pro- proactive too. You don't, they don't even have to ask for them or anything. They just get them. Well, we'd have to run it by them because sometimes they're already using some system and then, you know, right. it's a waste of the print job. Right. But we're always trying, we're always trying to like convince them they should do this. In fact, uh, one of our clients, they already had a system, but I've just been talking to them. I'm like, okay, yeah, I know you have a system, but you're not getting any reviews. So just start using our cards. Come on. We're going to send you the card. Just use them. I love it. Well, I, I love this. And you're doing these. One thing we were talking about off camera is that you're doing a lot more video than the last time I talked to you. Um, this is, I don't know when you sleep exactly because you've got videos coming out all the time. We've got uh, the local search ranking factors. You've got conference speaking and all the stuff you do. Uh, but the videos in particular, I wanted to point out because the production is really slick. They look great. The graphics are really awesome. You have like things where your face crunches and you talk in a weird voice, which is fun. How often are you planning to release these videos? And, and for anyone who hasn't watched one yet, what, what sorts of things do you cover? Yeah. So I basically cover everything under the sun for local SEO conversions, rankings, you know, and I kind of break it down, drill down to each individual topic, like how to get more reviews is, is like my next video that I was just talking about is the, the strat it's like my, or the best strategy to get more Google reviews. That's the title. Right. And so, um, I'm trying to do about one review per week right now. I have an excellent video editor, uh, Kevin or Carl from Carl Grashit from Umum studio. And then I also have uh, Gabby who I hired in mid November and she's wonderful. I work with her every day on our content. And so we script videos, we plan them and publish them. And then we turn the videos into a thread and then the thread into a carousel uh, for LinkedIn. And so we're just really trying to double down on the content generation and the repurposing of content. And, and it really is nice because I've got such a great leadership team at Whitespark that my number one job really is marketing and content creation. Cool. So yeah, it's, it's a massive awesome. position. Well, very cool. And then the, the last thing I, 
I loved your conference that you guys you guys were the one company I thought who really got uh when, when conferences were all not in person, they were all online. Yeah. I, I always loved the Wake Spark conference. Uh, what, what, what are your, do you have plans in the future for a conference? I, I don't know if I'm putting the cart before the horse here or anything like that, but I, yeah. I, just, I always loved that conference. I thought it was great. Yeah, it was great. I think we, we did a great job of our virtual conference. We did two of them, the, the white spark local search summit. And, um, those conferences were a mountain of work for very little, little return on investment. Like, barely covered our costs it was like so much work to try and do that thing it was like we didn't exactly lose money but if you calculate all the time that we invested we definitely lost money um and so i'm not super keen to do it again uh just because it just doesn't seem to directly impact business not in the same way that my youtube video stuff is so i'd rather focus on that um but I do have a dream that one day when White Spark has millions in the bank and it's no big deal, I'll just like, as a gift to the local search community, host a really nice conference close to home in uh, in the Rocky Mountains in Banff, Alberta. I don't know. It's a pipe dream. But, you know, one day you, you, we may do a conference in person in Banff, Alberta. And so that would be the only time I would maybe do it again. I'm very excited for that day. I will get tickets the very day it's announced. So, all right, good. Well, I got one. I sold one ticket already. <laughs> there you go. One down. So, closer to the break-even point already. So, this is the last thing I just saw right before we got on air here. But the incredibly impressive last week in local podcast is ending. So, this is the last episode today, at least in its current form. Yeah, this has been the go-to podcast, right, for weekly updates on local SEO. I, I'm hitting. It sounds like I'm hitting you with it, but I wonder if you have any reaction to the show the coming to it this is shocking news this is a this is a sad day in local SEO everybody Mike Blumenthal Carrie Hill they've been running that show for so long and it's such a great resource it's it's one of the only podcasts I ever listen to it's like I gotta go for a long drive I'll put on the like last week in local because it's so great to sort of you know hear about what's been happening and so it's very sad to hear that that's going away um I'm curious to know like why they decided to shut it down yeah um, it's such a great resource. So I don't know. Someone's got to pick up that torch. I think. I think so. Seven, seven years of weekly yeah. podcast, and every single week it delivered. Every single week, there was never a time where it was like nothing to talk about this week. Every every single week, they had something yeah. that was interesting and going out. So, uh, safe travels to those two. I, I I've enjoyed listening as well. So, um, listen, you are uh, a man of many talents, including Stein acquiring. <laughs> I, I I just want to say thank you for uh, for everything you do for the local SEO community. Like I know how much work goes into the the local search ranking factors and all these videos and all the content you come out with. Um, from from one from our, I'm mostly a consumer of this information. Just thank you very much, and uh, we love having you on the show. So I hope we can do this again soon. Yeah, thanks for all the kind words. This is my pleasure. I do this because I love to do it. I would do it if I wasn't even getting paid. I'd just be like. <laughs> <laughs> looking into researching local SEO and uh, and talking about it. That's what I love to do. All right. Well, I've enjoyed the conversation. Darren, thanks again for coming on. I'm going to give you a virtual cheers. I'm going to give you a cheers back. Here we go. Cheers. Man, I am jealous of that Stein. You got to get one. How do you have this show and not have like one of these? No, I got I to gotta upgrade. So, all right. For everyone else watching, thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week with another episode of Southern Search. Thanks, Darren. All right. Thanks for having me. 